Welcome back to our fourth and final week of this sermon series called Remember. Right, if you've been following along, we've been going each week through the things that God wants us to remember, things that he never wants you and I to forget. Like week number one, right? God said, remember who he is. And who's he? The one standing in the Jordan, the one being baptized. He is your savior, your brother, your friend. He is God in the flesh, Emmanuel, who came to save us. And then week number two, God kind of flipped the script and and the focus was on, on you. And he said, remember who you are. Remember who you are because of what I have done for you through my son, right? We talked about how so great the father's love was that he poured it on us lavishly in abundance, the scripture said, so that now you are called a child of God. Now, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. God says you are my beloved that I rescued and gave up my own son for. You're my boy. You're my girl. You're my children. Last week, on that kind of snowy NC weekend that we had, we talked about our purpose. Because God said, "I, I redeemed you for a purpose, not to just sit around and do nothing, not to just come on a Sunday and hunker down and stay behind walls, not just to pay off debt or, or, or do programs that we want. Your purpose is to go. It's to share. It's to go, as Jesus told that demon-possessed man who was healed, to go and tell others what God has done for you. And today, God has one more reminder for you. I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of excited because it's a biggie and it's really one that all the others flow from. But before we really get into that, I I need your help. I want to know what this is. And if you can say this fast like 10 times, I I, I practice it, but it's athazagoraphobia. Do you know what that is? Did I hear a yes? I didn't know until this week. Right, you've probably heard of arachnophobia, you're afraid of Spiders or claustrophobia, a fear of small spaces. Well, athazagoraphobia is a fear that I think is way more common than spiders and heights and enclosed spaces. I think it's a fear that in many ways we all at times in our lives have struggled with, whether you know it or not. Because athazagoraphobia, there I got it, it's the fear of forgetting. Whether it's the fear of forgetting someone or or the fear that someone will forget you. And it's really, really common, I think. Isn't it why we take so many pictures? Isn't this athazagoraphobia why we take so many videos and we store them on our phones and we put them into photo albums and we download them to the cloud so we can access them later, we don't lose them, and if they're really good, We might even blow them up and put them on our walls at home. Because we don't want to forget. We don't want to forget when when they were little. So we take a picture or maybe a video so we can still hear the pitter-patter of those little feet, even though maybe they're 28 years old now. We don't want to forget the day that we said, I do, 
We don't want to forget the moment where we watched a child graduate. We don't want to forget those moments from grandpa or, or grandma. We don't want to forget. Right? And isn't that why we erect monuments, we have memorial services, we have gravestones, all of these things in an effort to remember the moments and the people in our lives that we hold so dear. Because we don't want to forget. Except the fact that as human beings, we are really good at forgetting, aren't we? I, I came across some crazy statistics this week, right? They said that when it comes to information put into our noggins, within an hour, you will forget 56% of it. Just one hour. 56% of it gone. Take it one step further, after only a day, 66% of the stuff that passed through your brain, you will not be able to recall. And then go one more, after about six days or maybe even a full week, you will forget 75% of the information and the experience that happened in your life. Which means that in about a week, all of you will forget 75% of what I said today and what you did today. You just will. And if you don't believe me, because some of you might be thinking that's crazy, that's not true, let me ask you this. Let's just go back, okay, Sunday to Saturday, a day, Friday to Thursday, three. How about Wednesday? Four days only, not even a whole week. What did you do on Wednesday? What did you have for breakfast? What did you wear to school or to work? Okay, maybe some of you Marines, you wear the same thing, right? So that doesn't count, okay. <laughs> How about your kids, guys? Before you head out on base, what did your kids wear to school? You don't know, the wife got them dressed, right? What kind of conversations did you have at the dinner table with your spouse? Who did you talk to at work? Now, unless some major things happen in your life, you don't remember 75 or maybe even more of even just this last Wednesday. Why? Because as humans, we easily forget, right? Because athesagoraphobia is, is a thing, even though we didn't really realize it's a thing. And can I be honest with you? This whole phobia, even though I didn't even know what it was, at least the wording until this week, this is a phobia that has, has plagued my life on and off for a long time. Like when the boys were little, I was terrified that if anything happened to me or their mom, would they even remember us, right? They'd be so little. Sure, we'd have pictures, and the surviving one could tell them about their mom or their dad, but, but once they grew up and, and had families of their own, like their memories, would they even remember? Maybe you've thought that way too, and it's gotten better, but there's still many times where, where I worry, will, will I remember this person, or will they forget me? I, I think of even grandparents. All my grandparents are gone now, and it's not that I forgot them, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't remember. Unless there's a picture, unless somebody brings it up, I easily forget and just move on with my day-to-day -day life. You know what I'm talking about? We easily forget, don't we? You know who else knows that? God. 
He knows that we are prone to forget. And so again and again and again in his word, what does he tell us? He reminds us of who he is. He reminds us of who we are because of who he is. He reminds us of our purpose. And today, he wants to remind you of one more thing. Today, God is going to come at you and he's going to say, out of everything that you could remember, if you forget everything else, there's one thing you must, must, must remember. Remember Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying to a young pastor named Timothy. Let's give it a read. This is the section we want to focus in on today. It's from 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read a couple of verses here. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here's the trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Now, maybe a little background is, is kind of useful of what's going on here. But before we get there, like, what do you do? When time is short, you don't, have, you don't have days or weeks or months, but time is short, and you want to tell somebody something, and you want them to remember something. What do you do? Like, maybe, maybe it's when you drop the kids off at school, knowing that they're probably never going to fully live under your roof again. Or maybe they will. <laughs> but you want to impart some wisdom, right? Before you drive away and, and you're no longer in the same place under the same roof, what do you do? Or maybe it's when you're huddled at the airport and he's going to be gone for a nine-month tour, deployed overseas. What do you say to each other? What do you say to the kids when time is short? What do you do? Well, maybe grandpa's health is failing. Or mom's not doing too well, and you want to make sure that they know how you feel. What do you do? Maybe it's a PCS for some of you. And you're going to have to say goodbye to the friends who have become family, and you're going to have to do it for the 10th time maybe, but time is short, and you don't have a lot of time to, to do this. What do you do? Or maybe it's when you take a call to another church and time is short and you have one last chance to talk to the people you so dearly love. What do you do? All right, when time is short, you get straight to the point, don't you? You don't hold back. You don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Right? You want to say something and do it because you know you don't have tomorrow. That's what's happening here in 2 Timothy. Right, the Apostle Paul is writing to a young pastor named Timothy, and it wasn't just like a mentor-mentee relationship either. Paul was like Tim's spiritual dad. And Tim was, was Paul's spiritual son. And they had a, a, a really strong bond. And Paul's writing to him from a Roman prison cell. 
He's on trial. And we know, they didn't know at the time, but we know that Paul's not getting out of this alive. He's facing the death penalty simply because he proclaimed Jesus. And so Paul's sitting there in this jail cell, and, and we know that this is, at least as far as to our knowledge, this is the last thing Paul's going to ever write before he goes to heaven. And so Paul has to decide what's important and what's not. What do I need to say, and what can I just forget about? And so Paul says to Timothy, out of all the things that you might remember, right? Because Paul wrote a lot to him. He mentored him. He, he taught him how to run churches and how to preach the gospel and how to do sermons. But of all that, Paul says, even if you forget all that, there's one thing you must not forget. Remember Jesus Christ. You know, one of the saddest things in life, at least I think, is when you stand and, and watch that loved one lose their memory and their ability to remember. Right? Some of you have stories of moms and grandparents and dads and, and, and uncles or whoever that you've dealt with this. I've had people that I've served in churches, but the one I remember the most is my grandmother. And toward the end, her, her mind was not there. I don't know, dementia, Alzheimer's, it didn't really matter what the title was. She forgot. In fact, I, I recall vividly walking into her room one afternoon, and it was probably the last time I actually saw her alive. She didn't know who I was. She had to ask others around, who's that? That's your grandson. That, that's, that's Dougie. He, he came to see you from school. Oh. A minute later, who's that? She didn't remember me. You know, maybe, maybe the saddest part about that is when, when, we, when somebody loses their ability to remember, in many ways they lose who they are, right? They have no past to go back to and, and recollect and smile about. They have no future to look forward to. It's like an endless cycle of just right now. And that's sad. But you know what? You don't need a horrible disease like Alzheimer's to forget. I've had all of us at some level, how quickly haven't we come down with a spiritual case of Alzheimer's where we have forgotten what God has done for us. Maybe it's those moments where you were anxious and nervous about, about this thing or, or that thing, and in that moment you forgot that Jesus said, why are you so worried? I've got you right here in my hand. Ye of little faith, I'll bring you through it. Why did you forget that? Or maybe it's on those moments when you're struggling with that relationship or that issue and you feel less than, and Jesus says, why did you forget? I told you, I purchased you with my blood. I call you my child. You are a child of the king, and I got this. Or maybe it's on those dark days where you're losing some hope and you're losing some joy and you wonder if it will ever get better, if you'll ever feel good again, if you'll ever get through that issue. And God says, why did you forget that I said that I'll bring you through it. That I will work out everything for your good, even that thing. Oh, we forget, don't we? All the time. 
And so maybe that's why God is constantly in his word saying, remember what I did, remember what I did, because he knows we're prone to not remember. But I think of the Old Testament. What did God have to say again and again and again to his people? Remember how I saved you from Egypt? Or remember how I rescued you from, from that nation? Remember how I gave you this promised land? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get you through this. You're good. Or Jesus. Right? In that upper room, Jesus gives us this brand new thing. We call it the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of our sins. And at the end of it, he says, do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget what I'm about to do. I'm going to suffer and die and save you. Do this in remembrance of that. Remember what I did, right? Or when Jesus is ready to go back home. After all was finished, after all was accomplished, right? Jesus said, here's your marching orders. Go and make disciples. Go baptize. Tell them the good news of what I've done. And then what did he say to them? What did he say to you? Do you remember? We forget this, right? I will be with you sometimes, always, forever. I will not fail. All the way, I'm with you. So I think it's no surprise then that here Paul, writing to Timothy, he cuts through all the extra stuff and he gets right to the point. And he says, Timothy, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. In other words, Paul is saying, Tim, you can forget everything I've ever told you, but you can't forget this. You have to remember Jesus, right? And everything I've told you about him, he's a descendant of David. That's just kind of a a biblical way of saying he's the promised Savior that God said was coming. Because God said Jesus is going to be born from the line of David, King David. And he was. Right? When the time was right, where was Jesus born? The town of Bethlehem. Why? Because he was from the house and line of David. Right? So remember that truth. And if that's true, then you have to remember the rest of the story. Jesus died to take away your sins. And Jesus was raised from the dead. His death is your death. His life is now your life. You are wrapped up in Jesus. Don't forget that. You cannot, Tim, forget that. Please don't. Because you see, Jesus is the central theme of all of Scripture, and he's really the central focal point of all of human history, your history and mine. Think about it this way, right? Without Jesus, life loses meaning. Right? Without Jesus, life can be just one senseless, long, random act of things that sometimes we can figure out and sometimes we can't, and we don't know why. Like, why do bad things happen? Why is there things like cancer and COVID and Alzheimer's? Why are women abused and and children often neglected and abandoned, even by their own parents? Why do hurricanes and tornadoes and snowstorms kill and destroy property and life? Why does a, a guy go and murder his mom, his sister, and his 13 year old son in the parking lot down outside of Wilmington's store? Doesn't make sense, does it? And then let's get a little personal, right? Why why did my kid get bullied? Why did did my spouse get sick? 
Why did she have to die? Why does it seem, God, that, that your followers are struggling and, and the unrighteous, the wicked who don't care about you, they seem to be doing okay? God, God, why? It doesn't make any sense. You know what Paul says? Remember Jesus. Because only in Jesus do we have meaning in life and hope now and in the life to come. Only in Jesus can we have hope knowing that no matter how dark it gets here, God is with us and we have a bright future with him in heaven. And so I wonder, I wonder as Paul wrote these words, what did he remember? What did he hear in his mind, what, what videos were going on, on that video of your life, you know? You know what I'm talking about, right? What, what was going through Paul's mind as he sat in this Roman dungeon cell knowing I'm probably not getting out? I wonder if he remembered the cries of the men and women that he dragged out of their homes and put them in prison, and some of them even killed. I wonder if Paul could still hear the screams of the kids who begged him, please don't take my daddy away, but Paul dragged that kid's father away anyway. I wonder if Paul could still see in his mind's eye the faces of grown men who looked at, up at him and pleaded for their lives. Please, I have a wife and kids, don't do this. And Paul, he did it. Because right, you see, before Paul was Paul, his name was Saul, and he made it his mission to kill people who followed Jesus and to imprison him. Right, before Paul was going around planting churches and sharing the good news of Jesus, Paul was going around rounding them up, imprisoning them, and even killing some of them. And so I just wonder, I, I just wonder, I'm going to ask, maybe, no, nope, we won't care in heaven, but, but I would like to ask him, Paul, what was going through your mind? When you looked down at your hand, writing on that parchment, did you see the blood dripping off of it? Because you had blood on your hands. I think he did. And maybe here's the bigger question, who could heal those wounds? Who could quiet his troubled conscience? Who could heal those horrible memories that Paul must have had in his mind? Who can heal yours? You might not have ever been a Christ follower killer. You may have never persecuted the church and have gone town to town to arrest and imprison people, but you have your past, too. And so when you think of your past, when you remember the past, and here's the funny thing about remembering, right? It often seems like the things we don't want to forget, we find ourselves forgetting, and the things we never want to forget, the things that we want to hold on to, right? That, that's, those are the things we do forget. Did I say that right? Let me try that again. The things we don't want to forget, we often forget, but the things we want to forget, we want to put in the past and never bring them up again because they weren't good, they weren't fun, those are the ones that keep haunting us, right? Those are the things that keep us up at night. And when you look at your life, what do you see? What do you hear? 
When you look at your life, do you see 100% devotion to God or, or do you see and are reminded of all the times that you failed him? Can you still hear your voice? The one that said that hurtful word to that one person who now that relationship's toast? Maybe it's your ex-wife or ex-girlfriend. Maybe it was a, a, a one-time friend, but they're not friends anymore. And you can still hear the words that you said, but you can't take back. Maybe it's all the promises that you made, but you didn't keep them all. Maybe it's the times that, that you said you were never going to do that again, right? You were never going to look at those websites. You were never going to drink from that bottle. You were, you were never going to be that. You were going to work on your pride. You were going to try to be a better parent. You were going to try to not be so critical and angry all the time. But then you did it again. What do you hear? What do you remember? Maybe it's that grudge that you've been nursing for years, and, and you know you shouldn't. In fact, I think we probably all got somebody that I bet we could immediately say their name, what happened, what they said, when they did it, because we're still angry and that bitterness is killing you. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you remember when you think of your past? And then what do you say? What do you say when your conscience is convicting you, when the devil snuggles up next to you and says, how could you have done that? How could you have destroyed your marriage? How could you have broken that relationship? How could you have drank too much that night and that night and that night and that night? How could you have done that? How could you have been so pride-filled that you said it has to be my way and I don't care what other people think? You're despicable, you know that? You call yourself a Christian? I mean, you and I both know, right, that, that what God says, and you have not done it, right? And so the devil keeps attacking it, and what does he say? What right do you think you have of even letting the name of Jesus come off your lips? How dare you even call yourself a child of God, the one who loved you and died for you, when you've turned on him more times than we can even count? When he says that, when your conscience accuses of that, what are you going to do? And what are you going to say? Paul says, remember Jesus. Right? Paul says, remember Jesus Christ. And you know what you can tell the devil? You're right. I have sinned. I have failed. I have made a mess of my life. I have not done what God wanted. But I have a Savior who speaks on my behalf. You know what, Satan? You're right. You can throw these accusations and you're not wrong, but guess what? I have a Savior who, who left his throne on high to come here to die for me, to take away my sins, and to defeat you, and he did. And so you can leave. You're not welcome here because I am a child of the king, right? That's what you can tell him. You can say, be gone as you remember Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Right? Yes, it's true. We have fallen short. We could all come up with a laundry list of the guilt and shame from our past, but Jesus says, I've taken it away. You know what God says about your past? says, I don't remember it. Whatever the sin, whatever the struggle, whatever the failing is, if you went to God and say, hey, remember when I did this? I'm sorry, God, he'd say, did what? You want to know why? Remember Jesus. Because Jesus died for you. And he didn't stay dead, he rose. 
to give you hope, to give you a future, to give you meaning. Or because of Jesus, you have a past, sure, but it's been paid for. Because of Jesus, you have a present that can be full of joy and peace. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have issues. It doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. Jesus himself said you will, but you know for certain what he's done for you and where you're going and who you are. And that means you also have a great future too. Not just great, an unbelievable future that you and I can't even begin to fathom. A future with God all because of Jesus. That is what Paul wanted Timothy to remember more than anything else. That's what I want you to remember too. You know, this last week, I kind of struggled writing this sermon because I didn't know what I wanted to say. I didn't even know how to start. I didn't even know what could I say. I mean, right, time is short, What's important, what's not? And for the longest time, my, my page was blank because I, I wanted it to be just right. And, and I wanted you to remember all kinds of amazing things. Things that I thought about throughout the week. Things that have happened over the last almost eight years here in Jacksonville at Ascension. Right, I thought about Hurricane Florence. Good chunk of you were here. You remember her. <laughs> she wasn't the nicest to Ascension. Because I remember that day, once the, the curfews and stuff were lifted, going to the old storefront, and, and I looked outside, and I'm like, oh, a couple shingles. This ain't bad. This is all right. And, and I opened the door, and it would open only part way because most of the ceiling had collapsed because of water damage. And I thought, man, what are we going to do now? <laughs> Like, where are we going to worship? We have no place to gather. And I thought about that, and then I thought about the generosity of a trampoline park owner who said, why don't you come to my place? You can worship in that opening area. And we did that for months, and he didn't charge us one cent. Wow. I thought about that. I thought about covid even though we hear about that all the time still. And, and I thought about how hard that was to, to go through. Talking to cameras, not always getting to meet in person, wondering if people are going to come back, how they're doing. I thought, wow, God got us through it. Even on the days I didn't think he was going to. I thought about building projects. I thought about the process, and how we had good days, and, and it was difficult, but yet here we are. We've gone from that little storefront to this beautiful building that God used so many of you guys to make happen. Praise him for that. That's awesome. And then I thought about a lot of the faces. The people over the years that have come and gone, like they do in any military town, people that maybe are watching online today, the faces of the people that we got to worship with and share Jesus with who are now doing that in their little corner of the world. <laughs> I thought about the baptisms that were performed over the last eight years. I thought about the, the young people that went through confirmation and put up with me every Sunday. Yeah, you can laugh, Connor. <laughs> but they did it, and they stood here, and they confessed their faith. 
I thought about the adults that did the same thing. I thought about the different lives that were changed by the power of the gospel. I thought about some of the people that I got to sit in my office and look at them and say, yeah, that, that is sinful. That was bad, but you know what? You don't have to carry the burden. You don't have to do it alone. Jesus took away that sin, yes, even that one, and watched tears of joy, and they walked out with a weight lifted off their shoulders because they knew that Jesus forgave them too. I thought about those things. I thought about so many as others. I thought about the first time that we rolled into Jacksonville and we took a wrong turn. I should say I did, not we. I took a wrong turn and we got back on the bypass and it's still looking dark because it's 10 at night and then we got on 24. We started going towards Swansburg and we're like, did we miss Jacksonville? <laughs> There's not a whole lot of lights and stuff. Like, what have we done? And I thought about that and I thought about even the first couple months where I'm like, what did I do to my family? Moving them across country. We got this little storefront. What are we doing here? And then I thought about how now it's going to be really hard to leave. I thought about all that. <laughs> and there's so many other things that, that I thought about and that I want to talk to you today, but I know we don't have the time. Some of you are already looking at your watch. Come on, Pastor. <laughs> but it really came down to one question. This question. What do I want you to remember the most? Brothers and sisters, it's been one of my greatest privileges and honors and joy for me and my family to get to serve you all, to get to share Jesus, to point you to the only person that really matters over the last, what, eight years almost? Times where we've had good times and bad times where I have completely failed you as a pastor and you've loved me and forgave me anyway. Times that we have had victory and defeat. Times that we've laughed together, cried together, been into each other's homes and shared meals together and became family. I think about the, the building projects and, and all those things. And I want you to remember all the great things that God has done. Because God has done so much through you and for you and with you and because of you. And I hope you remember those. I hope you remember God's love and grace and mercy and everything that he has done for you. And I hope you remember me. And I hope that I remember you. But even if you don't, that's okay. Even if you forget everything that I've ever told you about Jesus and what I've ever told you in my eight years here, even if you forget about me and my family and we lose memory of you, that's okay. Because there's one thing that you cannot forget. There's one thing that you must not forget. And it's this. Remember Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Because at the end of the day, nothing and I mean nothing else, truly matters. Amen? Amen. Amen.